0: Teacher in Zion podcast, a podcast for Christians, Mormons, ex-Mormons, and other Book of Mormon believers, or anyone questioning their faith or the church, with an emphasis on seeking the truth wherever it leads, but especially in gaining a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. This is your host, Doug Hatton, aka Teacher in Zion, and thanks for joining us today. Today's episode will be a short one being that it is the week of Thanksgiving, and my wife and I have family visiting from out of state. But before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank those who responded so quickly with a donation offer. Because of you, the costs for software and services needed for the podcast were met. I truly appreciate you for stepping forward so quickly to assist in this manner. I would also like to share a comment I received by email from a listener regarding the previous episode number 26, which was entitled The Politics of Fear. In it, he shared something from Carrie Baldwin, a Christian who comes from a Reformed or Calvinistic perspective, and she said, quote, Those Christians who identify on the political left typically seek to make everyone follow the second great commandment, to love our neighbor as ourselves, and they do this via government support programs for the poor, like welfare, etc., while those Christians who align themselves on the political right typically try to make everyone follow the first great commandment, to love the Lord our God, via government such as blue laws, mandatory prayer in schools, etc. So, once again, we see that there are two ditches for believers to fall into. Thank you, Alexander Tibbetts, for sharing this comment. Additionally, Todd Peterson commented on the video saying, I am really a single-issue voter, and that issue is abortion. I was pondering just as this video closed and I brought to the Lord's attention that it should be good still to vote Republican to try to stop abortion. But he reminded me of a truth I learned a long time ago, but sometimes forget, which is that he wants to take evil out of our hearts, not just take away our ability to perform it. Abortion will be ended when hearts are changed, not when it's outlawed, end quote. It really shows where people are coming from, It reveals that while the intent of people can be good, the method can be wrong. When Joseph Smith studied the Bible in an attempt to make a new translation, he received revelation regarding the reason why Satan fell. Not only did he seek the glory of God for himself, but he also sought to take away the agency of man, or in other words, their ability to choose good or evil for themselves. You see, he would have forced mankind to choose according to his dictates. There are many tough issues we face as a nation, and there are many strong arguments that could be made over where the line should be drawn between personal freedoms and whether the government should enact legislation that could potentially restrict some of those freedoms in the name of protecting its citizens. And certainly, as Christians, we know how important it is for a nation to repent and be righteous, But can or should righteousness ever be legislated? The Founding Fathers were inspired to give us a secular government, which established by the rule of law certain guaranteed freedoms, one of which was that the government would pass no law regarding the practice of religion. A separation between church and state was wisely erected in order to prevent what has happened throughout the rest of the world and protect the rights of those who came to this land so that they could worship according to the dictates of their own conscience. While certain laws, fundamental to any civilization to flourish, were set in place, such as laws against murder and theft, for example, the primary focus of the government and the laws enacted was to guarantee the freedom of its citizens. Of course, where is the line drawn when trying to protect our personal freedoms? That has always been the tricky part. We are human, and thus, even with the very best of intentions, we will inevitably make mistakes. As a friend of mine once told me regarding his philosophy on personal liberty, my right to swing my fist ends at your nose. That makes sense. My right to dump toxic waste ends where that action poisons the people around me. Whereas even if I deem a motorcyclist driving down the highway without a helmet To be foolish, he is not actually doing me any harm. I have always enjoyed discussing these kinds of things, but for me, it would be all too easy to slip back into this passionate desire to debate people or to get worked up by these types of issues. I don't think that is automatically a bad thing. As I stated in the previous podcast, I believe there is a season for all things, and that there was once a time when it was important for people to be actively engaged in voicing their opinion and speaking about these kinds of issues. But the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that it has now become a distraction for His people, the Church. We have turned a corner, and we're entering into a new time, a dangerous time, an exciting time that he is calling us out of politics, that he is calling his people away from these conflicts, so that we can seek him with all of our heart, mind, and strength. We must do this so that we may be transformed by him. And this is paramount. Nothing else really matters. We can never, for all of our effort, affect even a fraction of the change and the good we would see done in this world by continuing to use the current means that we are employing. The only way to change the world, to change the hearts and the minds of people around us, is by becoming the purified bride of Christ. Rick Joyner wrote that the darkness in this world is in large part really just a reflection of the lack of light in the church. If we want to bring about righteousness in the world, the body of Christ must cease from striving with its neighbors and become, as Jesus has called us to be, a light to this world and a city set on a hill. This is the only way we can make any real difference in this world. Listen, we must become so intimate with our Lord and Savior that we become pregnant. I know that may sound strange, but this is the only way that we can give earth to the kingdom of god right here on earth so it may be done on earth as it is in heaven the kingdom of god cannot be legislated it cannot be forced upon people the best way to help people see the truth is not by argument or debate but by walking in the holy spirit to a greater degree thereby showing forth the power of god in this way, people will see the transformative light of Christ within us. When Christians once again begin to truly heal the sick, when the lame begin to walk, and when we cast out demons and perform much-needed miracles, many in the world who do not currently believe or may even mock Christianity will take notice. Some will repent, and some, though, will become so angry When they see the evidence that the God we proclaim is real, they will seek to kill us. And that is when you will know that we have truly become a threat to Satan and his kingdom. So long as we're fighting the battles that the world is fighting in the political arena, we're no real threat to Satan. We're doing exactly what he wants us to do. Now moving away from that subject, I want to bear witness to you that I really feel like we are entering into a truly amazing time right now. Many look back at the last decade, being as if the Spirit has led them out into the wilderness to be tried. In truth, God has done a work among those he counts as his, and he has sought to draw us out from the places and the situations that kept us from growing. He has given us the mighty gift of experiences, which are designed to bring us to the end of our own wisdom, and to reject the wisdom of men. He has also given us reasons to question many of the things we've been taught so that we would forsake our own ways and escape the snare of Satan. In questioning the teachings of men, God intends us to feel after Him for the answers we stand in need of. For me, it seems to be an ongoing and continuous endeavor. Correction is key for those of us who desire to serve Him. But as much as we must be corrected, He also wants to encourage us. Recently, I've recognized how the Lord seems eager to engage with His people. But sadly, many have fallen asleep or are dull of hearing. We are entering a time where we must learn how to hear Him and also learn to be obedient to the voice of His Spirit at all times. But the Lord is investing in those who hunger for His presence. We must remember not only to wait upon the Lord, but to proactively ask, seek, and knock. To me, these are very exciting times. There are days when God appears to be willing to answer almost any question put to Him, and I'm not the only one to have experienced this. There are also many days where He leaves me to contemplate what I have learned. And there are also times when I have not sought the Lord as I should, But he has sought after me, and I am so appreciative of the effort that he puts into his children, even when we do go astray. His great love for us is truly matchless, but we need to pay better attention and make good use of this time. So long as we remain open to him, remain aware of his presence. Having our hearts drawn out to him, we leave the door open. And he can use that channel to speak to us at opportune moments. Sometimes he just asks me a question, drawing me out to meditate upon his words. By searching out what he is trying to reveal, by studying the scriptures and searching out his ways, we can begin to see with greater clarity just how far removed we have gone from the ways of the Lord. And then begin to move away from that error into a closer relationship with Him. I was recently shown by the Holy Spirit just how difficult it can be for the Lord to properly orientate our thinking so that we can finally receive a truth He wishes to share with us without violating our agency. Even when we are open to receiving, our ideas, beliefs, and understandings can be an impediment to hearing what He has to share. He showed me a very specific instance of this in someone else's life, and once I was able to see it very clearly, it was revealed to me how all of us, and especially myself, I was able to see areas in which my understanding is so thoroughly clouded that he must do a great work in my life over a period of time in order to be able to reveal the truth. Now I understand why it has taken so long for me to begin to understand the question of priesthood and the difference between the ministry of men and the ministry of women in the church, for these two subjects are actually connected. The Lord has been trying to unfold this mystery to me for a very long time now. Even though I was actively asking, seeking, and knocking in order to know the truth of it, even then, there was a great deal of work God has had to do with me so I could finally see it. To be perfectly honest, I really thought myself entirely open and ready to receive the truth. I believed I had long ago freed myself from the traditions of men, but I was wrong. In the plainest of terms, we simply cannot see those things that we are blind to. Being open to correction... And continually asking, seeking, and knocking allows God to begin to work with us. But many times, He still has an awful lot of work to do to finally bring us around. And this is why, despite my attempts to figure out what the Lord has been trying to reveal to me about the nature of priesthood after that day when He spoke to me and told me we had it wrong, He still had to walk me through a three-year-long process in order to unravel my thoughts, my own understanding, and strip away the traditions I was raised with. Only recently, I went to him with everything I had understood up to that point. I rehearsed to him all that he had shown me, and I offered to him my own thoughts so far, wondering if I was properly understanding the matter. And that's when he spoke to me and let me know that the much-needed correction to our belief about priesthood wasn't simply a few minor adjustments to our understanding, but rather a complete paradigm shift in the way we currently think. As it turns out, our lack of proper understanding regarding the concept of priesthood was also the reason for much of the holdup in better understanding where the ministry of women lies in the body of Christ. And that is when everything began to unravel, my mind was finally freed up enough to receive the simple but astonishing truth. But that will be a future episode, probably next week. For those who celebrate Thanksgiving here in the U.S., it is my hope that you are able to spend time in peace and joy with family and loved ones. For those who are unable to do so, know that you are never alone. Jesus and his angels that he set to watch over you are ever with you. They never take a break. They aren't off somewhere with something better to do. During this time, let your heart be drawn out to Him. Let His Spirit embrace you and hold you throughout this holiday season. Allow Him to be your comfort, your companion, and your God. And know that you do have family, that no one is truly an orphan in the kingdom of God. I am your brother in Christ. Very soon, God will begin to gather all of us together. And it will be like a great big family reunion. Even though we have never met, we will recognize each other by the Spirit. And will no more go out, except for those who are sent two by two. But instead, we will remain forever in the household of the Lord, rejoicing as we embrace one another and are ministered to by the angels. And even the Lord Himself I look forward to that day. How about you? Until next time, God bless. Join us for discussion in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hope of Zion. Or at our YouTube channel, teacher in Zion. That's the word teacher space and in zion spelled as one word my books can be found at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash douglas hatton that's h-a-t like a hat on your head t-e-n like the number of 10 until next time